we were tasked with the US government to identify signals in the brain that would accurately and consistently predict what people would do after a message or an experience. The term of art for this in neuroscience is brain as predictor. I'll tell you how it works. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Today, we're gonna get really smart. In fact, we're gonna get in your head a little bit. We're gonna talk about the brain and all that cool stuff that everyone likes to think about when they're marketing. Paul is a guy that tied this all together. Paul, will you tell us who you are and what do you do? Uh, yeah, I'm Paul Zach. I founded the first neuroscience as a service platform, Immersion Neuroscience, <laughs> that lets anybody measure what the brain loves in real time, any place people are doing interesting things. Cool. Now let's talk about the flip side. Uh, things haven't gone perfect. Um, what are some things that you wish you would have avoided? Are there, are there some hiccups you hit in the road that you're like, ah, it's a little embarrassing? Yeah, I think, um, you know, our, originally, our original founder team uh, wasn't the right team. So we had to, you know, make some very right. difficult conversations and decisions and, and revamp that. That is difficult. Um, one of the yeah. best things we did was, because uh, I'm a kind of weirdo scientist, was to bring in a, a very experienced tech executive this is his ninth startup who knows how to wow. scale, right? He's a scaler. And that's, I love the title of your podcast because starting a business is easy, but scaling a business is really damn hard. Amen. So you need Amen. someone who's done this a bunch of times. And I think what yeah. I've learned and I learn every day is having that scaling cadence. It's so important to have all the pieces moving at the right speed um, so that they reinforce right. each other. So we're always doing sprints. So in, in various yeah. areas from marketing to product development to QA, so that we are in that, you know, notching it up a, a level or two. Um, and, I and you know, it. COVID almost killed us like a lot of the people. And uh, we got some bailout yes. money from the federal government was kept us alive. And a um, awesome. couple, you know, a couple clients who kept paying, even though they weren't using us, uh, was wonderful of them. Um, that is yeah. nice. So, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, but what happened during COVID is we said, look, we're on V1 of the platform. We have no no clients, so we have a little bit of money in the bank. Yeah. Let's build V2, um, which right. was full mobile. The the V1 was semi mobile. It has some hardware involved, and um, and just right. expand it. And so at least we had three months of doing nothing, where we could actually just right. build, which is amazing. And then actually after V2 is when we actually got our our round of VC funding. So you know. That's a lot awesome. of luck. A lot of luck, too. I, I don't want to say we weren't lucky. Well, it, you know, you don't get luck unless you put yourself in the right position to get it. So I think that what you've done is fascinating because, you know, a lot of people would give up when things like that start to happen. And uh, and the fact that you were able to leverage relationships and leverage, you know, I, I, I'm guessing that COVID may have even helped you eliminate some of the excess hardware that you thought mm -hmm. you needed up front to kind of make it a little more nimble, a little quicker to execute on. Yeah, right? absolutely. Lemonade out of that lemon, right? Out of lemons. Yeah, exactly. And then also, you know, my mantra is I'm stupid and the market's smart. <laughs> so really listening to those market, you can quote me, uh, you know, <laughs> listening to those market signals and then leaning into them, right? You say, oh, here's a, a new application we hadn't thought of, like yeah. healthcare. Let's see how far we can run with this darn thing. And then, oh my gosh, people have a big demand for that, which is really exciting. So I love it. Um, you know, you only have so much time and energy. We've established that. But if you have some good helpers and, and hardworking yeah. people who work with you, then, you know, you've got to really kind of think about how to allocate that that time and energy. I love it. 
I love it. Fantastic interview so far. I, I absolutely love your journey. I love the product. And, and let's be honest, your marketing is amazing. Like I said, I need to go check out the other two brands now uh, because I, I'm confident you've got the same same witty energy going through the product development and what you've put together so far. Let's talk about the growth journey because I mean, five and a half years with this technology kind of bundled the way that it is. Tell us about the some highlights. What are some things that you did that naturally became like, ah, duh. Right. If we had just done this, we, we would have done this uh, a lot faster. So first we started selling into ad agencies and we thought, oh, they're going to love this. They, they can tell their clients that we're testing these ads before we release them. Actually, they don't care that much. Although we have ad, ad agencies as really? clients, it's really the advertisers that care about it, right? Ad agencies make money all kinds of different uh, ways, not always on creative. And so right. first of all, we burned the first year kind of selling it to ad agencies and, and some bought, but they just like didn't use it much, right? So that was the first thing. So then we've got to communicate to the end client, which is when you're right. creating, uh, sorry, when your agency's creating new content for you, you need to encourage them to actually test this. So, you know, you, the end user. Right. So that was the first educating the marketplace. Smart. And then the second is early on, uh, this very public information Accenture heard about our tech and they're like, holy crap, we could use this for training. I never thought about that. Yeah. I never thought how big this industry was. And my oh, previous huge. work was in org transformation. So I knew a lot of people in the training space. So we just leaned yeah. hard into that, which has been really fun. Smart. Yeah. And, the, and then the third is, weirdly, one of our clients said, well, we're, we want to explore digital health. Can your platform predict people like have troughs in their mood and they're not feeling good? And you know the answer when you're a startup, yeah, probably we should we yeah, should do that. Yeah, and you know what we've done is apply machine learning to these very this is one second right. frequency data. So you think of how much data you get right. every day from people. Uh, so you apply machine learning right. and you have some great predictive models. So um, I think it's really right. listening to the marketplace and then kind of kill your babies. Like cool. we love this market segment, but they don't love us. Get out, move away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill your babies. I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that as the title of this episode. Just kill your babies. <laughs> Grow by killing babies. Yeah. I'll get the most <laughs> hate online. No, don't do that. No, people will hate me. Metaphorically. <laughs> no, but seriously. Yeah. You do. This, you have to this is fascinating. I'm a big believer in the do not yeah, do ahead. list, right? I, I'm in my personal life, in my professional life. If I'm not getting the yeah. right feedback, cut it, right? Because you only yes. have so much energy and time. So I think that's one of the keys to oh, scaling. Is to, to yeah. just brutally not be emotionally involved in what you're doing and be very rule based. This is working, expo expand it. If it's not, cut it. I only have so much time and money. You are a brilliant man. Th this is something for those listening that you absolutely must have to do is listen to what your potential clients are telling you. You know, he, he thought he had the dream client with these agencies, and it turned out that they just didn't have any need to apply it. But the advertisers, they were the ones that needed to listen to. And so he listened to them and he built a product for them and he targeted them. So smart. And then to actually spawn this into three different products, three different brands using the same tool, I think personally is a brilliant idea. I'm so glad you did it. And it sounds like you had five or 10 other things that you could have done with it that you killed, but fantastic. You got to do stuff like this if you want to grow and scale. And it's a little unusual. Thanks for saying that nice stuff, Todd. But you know, usually you want to have one beachhead and just explore that. But 
having three brands lets us diversify our revenue streams. Yeah. So it requires a little yeah. extra energy and manpower to kind of manage those. But, you know, when one hits and the other don't, you know, it kind of keeps the revenues yeah. stable month after month. Right, right. And the brand reputation within wherever you're trying to target it. Yeah. I just wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about a program that we have assembled with a lot of our podcast guests and a lot of people who are listening to the show who are feeling the same way that they do. There's a recurring theme. You'll hear a lot of these founders talk about, I couldn't have done it without my team. I couldn't have done it without a, a support group of peers. I couldn't have done it without having someone to talk to that understood my feeling of isolation as an operator of my business. You see, you're not alone. It is hard running a business, and it's even harder when you know you can't express all your deepest concerns and frustrations with your executive team. It makes them nervous. It gets them scared. You don't want scared people on your executive team. So where do you turn? The Captain's Council is where you turn. The Captain's Council it is an organization that we are put together with podcast guests, as well as people who are listening who are in the same boat. You see, peers are the only ones that can give you the type of empathy, the type of advice that only a founder or operator know and understand. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com. I know you're gonna love what you see there. We have put together an organizational structure that has small group settings, a global community of founders and operators, as well as monthly and quarterly in-person events. You're gonna love what you see there. I can't wait for you to check it out and enjoy the rest of this episode. So this is 20 years of research out of my clinical lab here of Claremont Craig University, uh, originally funded by the War on Terror. And we were tasked with the US government to identify signals in the brain that would accurately and consistently predict what people would do after a message or an experience. So we did all this work. We did this work and wrote some software with the federal government. <coughs> to train soldiers to, to be better communicators, essentially, be more persuasive. And then Todd, Shut you up. know me really well. When people show up with suitcases full of money and say, hey, we've heard about you in the media and we'd <laughs> like to create better customer experiences and better messaging, um, can you help us? And at first I said, sure. Uh, I got these $100,000 no. machines, oh. 19 PhDs, give us two months, write us a big check. And a couple of people did that and they said, oh my God, this is amazing, this is great. But they never ever use us again. So now we're going to talk about scaling. So I said, well, there's demand for this in the marketplace, <laughs> but too slow, too academic, too, too many humans. So how do we turn right, this into right. a business? One is get rid of the $100,000 machines and pull data right. from high quality wearables like Apple watches and uh, Samsung watches, number one, because the brain is right. embodied. Number two, do all this processing in real time, get rid of the humans who are processing data. And third, take these signals and convolve them in a way to maximize predictive accuracy. So the term of art for this in neuroscience is brain as predictor. In other words, I can measure a moderate number of brains in an experience and predict market outcomes. And we're not able to do that with 95 plus percent accuracy. Crazy. All right. So I'm hearing everything you're saying and I'm processing this in my head. How are you reading that information? Like, what, I, I don't have my smartwatch on right now, but how does your technology work? I mean, what are you actually doing? And then what are you delivering to your client? Like, 
Who is it? Who is the client right now? Perfect. We're software. So there's basically three big use cases, and then I'll tell you how it works. Okay. Uh, one is certainly yeah. for for marketing, advertising, and and you know well known uh, clients in that space. The second is for live experiences, right? So things like corporate training is a big area for us. You know, the the way to establish ROI for corporate training is how much information got in and stuck in your brain, so you can use that when you get back to the right. office. What do they do right. traditionally? Give you a survey, say, how was lunch, Todd? Did, did you like the keynote speaker? Was the hotel okay? I don't care. Right. I want to know, did I shake right. up your brain so much that this stuff stuck in there? And immersion, this right. neurologic measure I discovered, correlates with information recall weeks later uh, very positively. So if I can measure immersion second by second, I can get in to tweak not only an ad, but a live event, training, a branding experience, customer experiences to drive up the value of that experience. And then third is, interestingly, and this is where we can talk about the pivots we've made, digital health yeah. is a big uh, growth area for us. So it turns out that when we capture what the brain values, that social withdrawal is a precursor for a whole variety of psychiatric and medical disorders. And so for vulnerable populations okay. who are at risk of these disorders, doing continuous right. measurement using our platform allows us to predict very accurately in advance if you're going to head into a mood trough, if you are right. socially withdrawn, so that that's a risk for heart failure, autoimmune diseases, Parkinson's, and a big list of other right. factors. So, okay. So yeah. we're software. Uh, I mean, so, obviously, so what we're measuring. I'm hearing a lot of use cases right. here, which I love. But but tell me about tell me about this. Okay, so so I'm a boss. I'm sending my I'm sending some of my, some of my key people down to a trade show, whatever, doing a training, what have right. you. I make them download the app. They get on the app. They start participating, engaging, doing their networking, doing their stuff. How much info are you actually capturing from that? Because, I mean, I use my watch to go jogging and all that kind of good stuff. Heart rate, brain wavelength stuff. Like, what are you, what are you capturing? It's a great question. So immersion, this neurologic state I discovered over many years of research, is has two core components. One is attention to the experience. I've got to be present or it's not going to be valuable. And the second is it's got to be emotionally resonant. I have to actually care about it, okay. right? And, and those are coming out of the brainstem. So we're pulling data from the cranial nerves, which are the brain's output file. And these cranial nerves will pass right. through the heart. So we can use a standard you know, heart rate sensor. Heart rate doesn't predict anything. Heart rate variability doesn't predict. But these this output file from the brain that's associated with the neurochemical effects that we all published this uh, research, by the way, it's all on, right. online, except for the algorithms. Um, yeah, right. tells us that you actually value this enough that it's going to stick in your brain. And that's a really cool. So it's a single metric Crazy. that you can see second by second. Crazy. Wow. Okay. Now we kind of got a feel for what you what you do and who you serve. And you got you got a few different ways to deliver this information in a way that's valuable for people to utilize. Tell us about your business. Like, what what are you doing? How are you delivering this? Is it all like individual volunteers, or how are you how are you growing from those initial people that wanted to throw you some money and, and figure out some some stuff for them to an everyday practical application and, and and get it out there? Yeah. So the nice thing is we're software as a service, and so you pay for yeah. what you use. So um, buyers again are gotcha. big ad agencies; they're large advertisers. There are um, a number of interesting companies doing branding experiences, live experiences for branding. As I said, 
corporate right. training, I think almost all of the big four, I think all of the big four uh, professional services organizations use our technology. Um, and so cool. we have three separate brands. So we, what we discovered is because we have three use cases, we have to have three different messages. Um, and so that's really exciting uh, it, is to be able to educate the marketplace that there's a better solution than just asking people what they like. Hey, if asking people what they liked worked, right. you know, movies wouldn't lose money. Every TV <laughs> show would be great. You know, every ad would you know, right. slam sales. doesn't work because right. we're asking people to relate their unconscious emotional experience, which is not open to conscious awareness. So you need a piece of technology. Right. I love it, man. Seriously, like I I, um, I landed on your website, getimmersion.com, which go check it out. This thing is, is you've done a great job messaging the marketing aspect and the neuromarketing, like coining new terms and, and using these things that are, are super creative. You got a really funny video on there talking about the product. Like you're doing everything right. You triggered an emotion in me. I'm really engaged in, in what you're telling me about. How does that translate to for your for your people? Like a marketing agency is using this for what? Displaying their ads and getting people's responses initially, and then doing that in front of a test group, and then they take the data and go out and push it. Or or how are they actually collecting the data? Yeah, so you use people's existing hardware. So it's all software. You download the app to your phone. You email. Uh, here's some content. So. Uh, let me give you a concrete case. So uh, pre-COVID, yeah. most of the Hollywood studios were um, were subscribers to ours, and their goal is to get butts in the theater seats because they make most of their money in the right. first two week of movie sales. So they use this to right. optimize movie uh, trailers. And so they would, okay. first of all, recruit a bunch of people from the accounting department and say, hey, we got roughs of these trailers. We're going to have you watch a bunch of them. Pick the top two and start to edit those. <laughs> and you can see second by second where they are. Now, here's the cool thing, because we have second by second data wow. on what your brain really cares about or values, you want to have that call to action, the branding moment at an immersion peak. That's when it's most powerful. So you can think of immersion, this neurologic state like tension, like tension in a story. If they have a little tension, now you want to do something, yeah. right? So this was purpose built. Immersion was purpose built to do a single thing. Wow. Predict outcomes. I don't care if you like it. In fact, a lot of the movie tra trailers and ads that we see people test are not very likable, but they move markets. So those are just different things, right? right? And and I'm a practical right. dude. All I want to do is help people move behavior. Which is what every marketer wants to For do. For sure. But we're stuck with this stupid self-report system called the frontal cortex that sort of kind of interprets whatever, right? So again, we just don't know. And we don't know with, with real um, you know granularity what we value the right. most. It's really you know editing this experience. So it's great. You know, live events yeah. are great. We have a we have a client in the luxury retail space, which has the salespeople with a wearable shooting data to the cloud, and they can predict with around eighty percent accuracy which customers buy because immersion captures that in between that social experience that we're having. So when the salesperson is having a ball, so is the customer, and so that's, that's really crazy. cool. Now everything has cameras, so now we go back and yeah. for training and go, well, hey, why do twenty percent of our sales associates sell eighty percent of the stuff? Let's just match the immersion data with what they're doing. Are they touching on the shoulder? Are they holding wow. up the dress? Are they offering you coffee? Let's do those things. Let's just get better at this. So this is really the wow. measurement technology for the experience economy. We all want extraordinary experiences, but extraordinary needs a tool to measure because again, it comes Amazing. deep in the brainstem. Dude, guys like you are just like so awesome to guys like me. I mean, really, you inspire me. This is so cool. I, I love what you're talking about. I love, 
I love, I mean, I'm a marketer and getting in the head of people is what we all strive to do. Yeah. And you can actually measure that, which is fantastic. I mean, yeah. this is amazing. At scale, in real time. So, I mean, it, and it, Todd, <laughs> it's, not, it's like I'm, I'm telling you this as if I knew what the hell I was doing for the last 20 yeah. years. No, we made a ton of mistakes. And <laughs> when we have, you know, coffee or beer sometime, we'll talk about all the mistakes. But right now, it seems like we right, know what we were doing. Right. But I think there's a message that you have to share that is probably something really valuable. And you, we touched on it lightly. Transitioning your founding partners into something that was a, a little more... Um, it could elevate what you were trying to do a little bit quicker. There's a lot of people dealing with that. Partner frustration is something I think anyone who's ever started a business with a partner has felt. How did you actually go through that motion to make that change? Because that's a big deal. Yeah, huge deal. And part of it was bringing someone in from the outside who has been through this, who could kind of coach us through it. Cool. Um, who, you know, generally your founding partners are friends, right? right? And right. so you have this, difficult discussion, which is, Hey, you're a great person. Right. I really like you as a human being. I want to stay friends with you, but you're not helping our company grow. And, you know, in our case, there's a chunk of equity sitting there in your account that is not being utilized to the best and highest use of the company. So right, right. to me, I think, you know, the, it, it's like uh, having cancer. That's a bad analogy, but you know, the organism needs to survive, even if you need to cut off parts of it yes, to yes. make that happen. And so I do think that that constant pruning yeah. uh, of personnel, of, um, of focuses, or where, where you're focusing, right. you've just got to do that brutally or you, you're just not going to be successful. To. And, and it's really hard and it's, it's, it's super, super difficult. Well, I know that it is. Um, I've been there and, and I've dealt with it. And it sounds like you have probably learned a ton from, from that experience to, to whatever venture you start in the future, you're going to know how to kind of be a little bit pickier about who you decide to go into business with, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's my my fourth uh, time around the block and uh, still every day I'm learning stuff. So, which it. is the beautiful, beautiful part about being in startup world, right? Is every day you are just banging on doors, learning new things. And so my other mantra, Todd, is my simple goal in life is try to be less stupid over time. So uh, that that's what you can call this episode. How do we get less stupid over time? That means every day I'm learning something. Being stupid well, means I'm coming in, I don't know something, and I'm going to absorb that and learn it and then get smarter. And well, the it. marketplace is smart. Just listen to them. I, I, well, yeah. you got some really good one-liners <laughs> I'm pulling from this interview for sure. <laughs> Paul, I'm so grateful for you taking the time to talk to our audience, and I'm so grateful to learn more about your business and what you do. I'm actually um, really eager to jump back into your content and into your websites and learn a little bit more because... As a marketer, I like knowing what's out there. I, I am admittedly stupid as well. And you're way smarter than me. I mean, anyone with a brain in their logo is definitely showing they're smarter. They're flexing on me a little bit. So thanks for doing what you do. I appreciate you doing what you've done. Is there anyone who has been kind of an inspiration to you or a mentor to kind of get you through some of those humps to get you to where you're at right now? Yeah, a couple. I think uh, this, this uh, gentleman at... Um... At Accenture, his name is Bob Gerard, a learning architect, very senior guy, has become a friend. Cool. Has this been great to talk to about kind of how we do the land and expand, how how Accenture does that, how other companies do it, which has been amazing. I love it. And then, you know, uh, some amazing dear, dear friends. I'll mention one more, Chris Rufer, who uh, founded a company called Morningstar Tomato, who's just been a, a very successful entrepreneur, who awesome. lets me call him randomly, you know, at night and just say, hey, Chris, I've 
what do you think about this thing? Am I crazy? And uh, I so it. anyway, uh, Bob Jarding and Chris Ruber have been amazing friends. I love it. You know, if you don't have people like that in your circle when you're trying to build and grow, it can get really, really frustrating because sometimes it just takes someone who's been there. A simple response will suddenly change the whole direction of your business. And to, to kind of do a sanity check, yeah. like I'm going this direction, but I, I don't even know anymore if that's clear. You know, I think the also that, as you said, having someone who's gone through it a bunch of times, yeah. the emotional roller coasters, you know, from 15 minutes, you can be euphoric to depressed, you know, and right. you have to have someone who kind of realizes that. And by the way, a wonderful spouse, my wife's wonderful too, who Love it. can put up with whatever crazy moods I'm in. I, I hear you. I, I've been there. Uh, it can get crazy. And having a good spouse makes a lot of difference in the world. Where do people get a hold of you? Are you on a you big LinkedIn guy? Where, where do you hang out? Sure. At? LinkedIn is great. Paul J. Zach. Uh, you can go to getimmersion.com or if you want to learn about me personally, pauljzach.com. You are awesome, Todd. Thank you so much. Hey, appreciate you being on, buddy. We'll see you later. Hey, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. What a fascinating guy. I mean, just a brilliant guy. I, I, I caught up with him for a few minutes after we got done with the interview and just love the energy, love the mindset, love the way his brain works because let's face it, we are all stupid, but the market is smart. <laughs> I that quote's going with me for a long time. And just think about that. We as founders, we as creators and operators of businesses are always trying to outsmart what the public is thinking, what the market is really telling us. But the moment we give in to what the market is actually telling us about our products is the moment things really start to take off. Think about that. As you try to grow and scale, don't impose your will because you can't grow very far if you're just imposing what you think everyone needs. You've got to be an active listener. You've got to understand what they're actually thinking, what their pains actually are. And if you can tap into that, you are gonna hit a home run. So, love this interview, love this business. I hope that you, as someone who is trying to grow and scale your business, is catching on to the drift that this podcast is more than just showing some really cool success stories. It is truly about trying to help you learn the skills and the things you need to grow and scale your business. If you're liking the content, please subscribe, listen, like, comment, engage with us. We're here to be engaged with. So share this content with anyone you think that needs to hear it. We look forward to catching up on the, with you on the next episode. And we thank you so much for being here. Have a great day.